Well, how goes it? I hope everyone had an amazing Easter. If you chimed in and you caught the Easter episode, it was only about 10 minutes long. Thanks for chiming in and checking it out. I hope you enjoyed the reading from Romans 8. Part of Romans 8 anyway. I didn't mean to make it sound like I was just going to read the whole thing, which I clearly did not, but just a part. I wanted to bring up a uh, thing here where I can say that there are two atoms. There's the first atom, and there's the last atom. And it, it does have a biblical point. There's the first Adam, like Adam and Eve. And then there's the last Adam, like Jesus Christ. And that is not what I'm talking about right now. Even though it is kind of what I'm talking about as far as the last Adam is concerned for, you know, for it being Jesus. The first Adam that I have brought up before is a gentleman that spouted off the name... Beauty and the Breakdown um, gave me the idea for the podcast after I was, you know, telling him about some some struggles that I've been going through and recently had, you know, come to know God um, and was pursuing peace. And he said, ah, the Beauty and the Breakdown. And then I was like, <gasps> so the ideas started flowing and, you know, the doors opened and I got some, you know, some different equipment and, you know, it's, it's rolling pretty good. And I'm, I'm pretty grateful for it. And from time to time, it just feels like I'm talking to myself. I've never really been good at um, talking alone into the microphone. I never thought that I would ever be doing this um, this way. I, I, like that other podcast that I had, Riot House Podcast, it was uh, primarily having a bunch of people sitting around microphones, drinking beer all day. Um, you know, and just making jokes, fake commercials, and I was never alone until the episodes that I did called Sobriety Checkpoint 1 and 2. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. No! I do not like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nope. Nope. So back to what I was saying. I have another friend, Adam, that lives out in Colorado. Um... He's been going through some real struggles, some hard times, and recently has decided to follow Jesus. And I just got off the phone with him today, um, actually minutes ago, and he was sharing with me some personal things that I won't discuss here, but he um, knows that I built this podcast off of Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Um, that's the verse. If, you, if you're just joining us, it's what this podcast is built on. It's on the logo. In case you haven't read it all. But uh, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He also followed it up with what's after that verse. Verses 8 and 9 say, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing is fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep 
putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So I, I got to thinking about um, everything jumbled within those verses. How do I live? How do I continue to feel a way to connect with encouragement and to be built up when I'm alone? Sometimes it feels when I'm here doing this that I am alone. And sometimes I feel like I'm not reaching anybody. This morning, as me and my wife were sitting at the table and we were praying, I prayed for something to happen to me today that would help me to feel encouraged, that would help me to feel like I'm doing the right thing. Because sometimes, not only does it feel alone in talking in this microphone by myself, sometimes it feels like it's not reaching anybody. So within the past few days, actually, a few people have hit me up. And I wanted to play a phone call that I got from a buddy of mine that's traveling all over the world listening to the show and what it does for him. Check this out. Hey, man. Drive to the airport. It's about 5.30 a.m. Been listening to the podcast. And uh, just want to let you know, though I don't go to church every Sunday, I have found a lot of joy in these podcasts uh, listening to probably uh, my closest, uh, one of my best friends in the world, preaching, I say preaching, uh, you know, sharing the Word of God, and it's always something I've kind of been in and out of for different reasons. Anyway, man, I really appreciate what you're putting out there in the world. I'm one of those people who's just, I'm a stump, dude. I'm hard to get into a church. I don't always hear the message when somebody is speaking because I listen in a different way. It's mostly my wiring. It's not that I tune it out. That's just something about my wiring and how I listen is different from others. So I just don't always receive the message. I've enjoyed <clears throat> catching it from you. But anyway, man, um, I felt compelled to write you because I didn't want to forget how I felt in this moment after listening to uh, I think episode four uh, just finished is Jesus your janitor that might be number five anyway uh, man keep doing it um, people like me who don't want to be around other people in a church setting for some weird reason um, probably because I want to focus on my own stuff and hear my bud and listen to the message and reflect on things that are important to me. Anyway, man, probably just rambling here. I hope you're well. It was great to hear about uh, your love for Amy. Um, it's pretty amazing, dude. I'm happy that God's given you her in your life, and um, I'm happy that you've gotten uh, sobriety or whatever it is that's given you clarity. Um, makes me nothing but happy. All right, over and out, getting on an airplane in just a little bit for work. See you, man. So that happened 
<clears throat> and then I have been on this thing reading about the fear of God. The fear of God, as I mentioned in another episode, is not necessarily like, ah, here comes Jesus, you know, and then I say that, you know, stupid family guy, Christmas carol, um, mockery or whatever. But the fear of God is actually to be in awe of God. And to be in awe of God is in like every single angle of your life that he comes in, cleans house, um, shows you your faults, your joys, your, you know, your deepest doubts and helps you and convinces you and helps you to realize that things aren't coincidence uh, in a lot of situations. And speaking of it not being coincidence, you know, I prayed in the morning for God to show up and maybe just help me with just a few things. I really, I really needed to pick me up, you know, because I've been feeling lately like things are stagnant and still and, I feel uh, God telling me to wait on a lot of things because, you know, I need to keep pressing on and I need to keep doing things that I'm doing right now and I need to wait. And I don't know what I'm so anxious for and I don't know what I want out of what I'm doing right now. I'm not asking him for anything specific. I just want to reach people to let people know that God is awesome and when he's in control and you allow him to you know settle some things in your life and you and you look into the things of God how he shows up and how beautiful and joyful it is well going back to talking with Adam Adam threw at me another verse in Philippians or some verses in chapter 2 verses 12 through 18 it says dear friends you always followed my instructions when i was with you and now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you, I'm about to freaking cry. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run this race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. I got to thinking about a lot of things during the conversation that I had with Adam. He called to tell me that he had been listening to the show, and it was helping him to know who God is, and that he's never heard it presented that way before, and he's a very deep spiritual person. Um... And that is my dog scratching himself. Boy, you're shaking the house, man. Hey, chill out. So, uh, I mean, this dude is genuinely a, you know, he's a hippie and he could jam on some instruments. Very talented guy. Good songwriter. Um, you know, and he's, he's, he's 
looking in some different directions as far as, you know, bettering his life and bettering his marriage. And as far as I'm concerned, me and him are in the same boat. At the same time, just trying to row this thing. We're trying to figure it out. And I loved hearing from him. Um, it just It just blew my mind and it built me up. And I've been taking some notes on aroma. Um, NIV says aroma, and the New Living Translation says fragrance. And I'm going to read the um, aroma verse first in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 through 17. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Have you ever been around an extremely negative person? I'm talking so negative that there is just no out into a positive at all. You have to turn around, take a deep breath, or maybe just smash a bottle upside your head just to break away from what you just ingested from that person or what you just breathed in. Sometimes when people are like, I get bad vibes from them, you know, or they, they question their company or there's always the person maybe named Brenda that always says, Chloe never barks at anybody unless they're bad. You know, somebody's always got a dog that's going to bark at somebody and then they have to turn around and say, well, you know, what I just said. This, this, I find that kind of funny. But uh, I just think that, you know, people put off bad vibes through their personality and their people who aren't at peace. You can feel the negativity coming out of their skin, like their epidermis is just vomiting out hate. And I have been around a lot of folks like that in my life, but I will tell you this, I have been that person. I have been so unbelievably negative, and I'm so glad that I've had my wife tell me, you're being negative, you know. She's even told me that before when I wasn't being negative because I've been negative a lot. And uh, it just kind of rubs off and it stays in the air and people breathe it in and they feel it. What type of aroma are you putting out? I mean, believe in God or not believing in God, what kind of, what kind of person are you, you know? I have to ask myself this all the time. And I even think about it now because, you know, when, when you believe in God and the, and the Spirit settles in your heart and He starts changing things about you. And as I was talking with Adam, he's like, yo, man, how do you feel about JFC? And that's like, for instance, you know, when you, when you drop something on your foot and you say, Jesus fucking Christ, you know. How do you feel about that? How do you feel when people say that? Or like when you, 
when you uh, drop something else and you're like, God damn it. You know what I mean? That's my big one. So, I mean, he, he was asking me, he was like, what do you do? How do you feel about that? And I said, you know what? I'm around it all the time. I hear people say that all the time. It's, it's in television. It's, it's in my first responses when I drop something on my foot, slam my finger in a car door, pop my thumb with a hammer, drop something and my back hurts or sit down and I yell, oh, fuck. I don't know. How do I feel about it? I don't feel really all that well about it now. I think that things are changing in me and I I try not to say those things. And I think that that's the first step. I think that that's where I'm at and I I take a step back and I'm like, whoa, what did I just say? I never did that before, but I'm doing it now. And I, I also, you know, what... I pay attention to this aroma thing because I think about how, like, if I tell someone that, you know, I believe in God now, and then they they are surprised when I yell something or say something that can bash others, hurt someone else's feelings, um, or say the Lord's name in vain, just out of habit, because JFC rolls off the tongue, you know? And aside from all the polit- political correctness here, you know, I told Adam, it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, like when you, if you see a midget, you're not supposed to say midget, you know, but you know, you want to say it's a midget, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way it is, but it's the way it rolls off the tongue. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but we had a laugh about it. But at the same time, there's a conviction in your heart and in my heart that's telling me not to do it. And I think that that is the beginning of a beautiful companionship between, you know, one of the many good virtues between me and God and Adam and God, or, you know, the midget and God, I have no idea, but I just think it comes with the package and I start to feel these tugs on my heart to go in a certain direction. And speaking of the good virtues, in uh, 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9, it says this, By His divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and His excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape from the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and with godliness brotherly affection and with brotherly affection, with the love for everyone. See, it comes with the package. And the things are working on me inside of me. And his mercy is amazing because he's willing to deal with us in all of our imperfections and in all the ways that we struggle on the inside. Because 
once he starts working, he really, really, really does a good work in all of us to make us more like him. Some people are like, well, I don't want to be like God. God's an evil dickhead. I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I think we're the dickheads. And humans have a tendency to really screw everything up from the get-go. They get together in their little groups and they talk about the other groups. And it does the group no good that you're in because all they did was turn around and talk crap about the other groups. When the one group could have gone back over to the other group, so they formed a bigger group, and then they start getting rid of the groups because everybody is not in groups anymore because groups suck. And clicks suck. And getting into things where people turn around and start talking crap about other people sucks. Maybe it's just me because I'm getting older and I don't have time for that crap anymore. And I'm the grumpy old man out there wondering how I'm going to cut my grass. But I can say that the aroma that I choose to be and to have... I want people to feel a welcoming sense of love and a true, genuine spirit of God through me and all around me. It's not going to happen 100% of the time, I'll tell you that. But going into the aroma thing, that is such a powerful verse, man. That really hits it, it hits the nail right on the head for me. You know, it also says somewhere in the Bible that the prayers of the saints are like sweet-smelling incense to God. It's, it's beautiful to Him. He hears our prayers, and he, and he loves us, and He takes care of us. He takes care of us like, you know, like the birds of the air. You know, He knows when they're hungry, He feeds them. Um, we're taken care of spiritually, mentally and physically Adam said he laid on the floor crying out to God talking to him he's got some health issues and he's got some things going on that drove him down to the floor man I've been there he's there I'm glad he told me this but he said he felt a hot hand on his head There are several accounts of people feeling a hot hand-like pressing for like 10 to 15 minutes sometimes. He said he told his friend that he was talking to about it and said they've experienced, they said it was God, clearly. There's no doubt in his mind that that it wasn't God. He can show up and he could do amazing things for anyone at any time. Any place, anywhere. And like I said before, each time it's different. His grace and his mercy is rich. And it builds us and makes us into who we can be, to the best that we can be. And it's not, you know, giving him the glory doesn't mean we just turn around and be like, you know, oh, oh, God did it all. God did it all. You know, just just so he can have a big ego. It's not like that at all. 
Because when we give God glory, people, other people see that and they believe in God. And they know that God must be good because all they've ever heard is that God is bad and he's a dude that has a big chair and he sits up in the sky and shoots lightning at people. See thou art. I shoot lightning at people. Yeah. That's not the No, I'm sorry. That's not the way it is. But if you'd like to read about the big chair God sits in, that's in the book of Revelation and you can read about it. You know, it's an amazing the, the throne room is just beautiful. Beautiful. But I'd like to go back into the mercy and grace thing. Because mercy unfolds the grace of God. The grace of God is the key that unlocks worship in the heart. If you want an atmosphere of a culture of extravagant worship in your house, seek the kingdom and the radical grace of God. Worship is the byproduct of a heart that has been awakened from the dead by the mercy and the grace of God. I ask God all the time for discernment. I ask him for wisdom, and he delivers it to me. I get discouraged, and I need to pick me up. And sometimes it feels like I'm just doing all this for nothing. And when I'm desperate, even the slightest, or in an uncomfortable position, I ask him things. And I, I, it's okay to ask him why. But I don't doubt to others. And I'm not going to shame him. But he told me to do this podcast. I heard it clear as day. And it's so awesome to hear even just one person saying that it helps them. And now I've got two. But I need to see things. I need to hear how God is moving. I read in a devotion, it said that this should be the prayer that we need to pray. Lord, open our eyes so that we may see. And once we prayed that, once our eyes are opened by God, we will see all the events of our lives, whether great or small, joyful or sad, as a chariot of our souls. Everything that comes to us becomes a chariot the moment that we treat it as such. On the other hand, even the smallest trial may become an object, crushing everything in its path into misery and despair if we allow it. Now, what kind of fragrance are you? You know what I'm saying? What kind of an aroma because of what you're going through? See how this is all tying together? The difference then becomes a choice we make. It all depends on not the events themselves, but on how we view them. If we simply lie down, allowing them to roll over and crush us, they become an uncontrollable car of destruction. Yet, if we climb into them as riding in a car of victory, they become the chariots of God to triumphantly take us onward and upward. We need to better understand these attacks of the enemy on our spirit and how to resist them. If he can dislodge us from our proper position, he then seeks to wear out the saints of the Most High. 
through the prolonged siege until we finally, out of sheer and weakness, surrender all hope of victory. Talk a lot of here about the enemy and what he's up to. Um, just in case you're wondering that Satan, okay? And that's the devil. If you don't know who Satan is, that's the devil. He's a bad guy. Or an angel walks around parading as an angel of light, but he's actually prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to kill, steal, and destroy anything that we do. He hates us. He does not like us at all. I used to laugh a lot. I used to think to myself, I'm going to make a shirt one day that says, just blame Satan, because that's all like Christians ever do whenever something goes bad. Oh, the devil made me do it. Oh, my daughter. She's just making the, she's letting the devil just take hold of her and go. She's going to hell. Oh, no. Well, I'm like, well, what's your daughter doing? Well, she's going out. She's drinking and she's partying. The devil's got her. It's like, sounds like she's making a lot of dumbass decisions. You know, people can think for themselves. The devil does dangle a carrot, but you don't blame him for everything, man. Come on, grow up. You know, there's 80-year-old there's people that think that stuff. So speaking of the aroma, uh, you know a tree by its fruit. It says in Matthew 7, 17, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. And I think that we have a choice. And when you make a choice to be good or to be bad, you allow the things in your life that cause you to live good or to live bad, to come to fruition. I know when I didn't give a flying crap about anything anymore, every single area in my life was dulled and numbed and almost non-existent until the point where I actually had to deal with it, and then I would move on and not care. And that was because I was numbing my mind with substances and alcohol and just not caring. But with all of that gone now, and I can think and see clearly for myself, and I have some better health, and my faith is just to the moon and back, it feels. It really is an eye-opening thing. And I want to have a good aroma. I want to put out a good fragrance. I want people to know that I'm not perfect and I'm not trying to be perfect. I'll never be perfect. But if you're one of those people that thinks that this is all religion and that it's, you know, stupid and boring and judgmental and hateful and I'm judging, if you feel like I'm judging you, I'm talking about me and I can talk about the negative people that I know and I can name them in this microphone but what good does that possibly do that's just about as stupid as me hopping on social media and just talking about my personal crap that just falls into the ears of hundreds of people that just don't need to read hear it see it or have any introduction into that part of my life whatsoever why do that? 
I don't understand why people do that. I mean, unless you, unless of course there's the reason that no one ever says because they just want the attention, and that's pathetic. The ones that are really putting a cry for help out there are not the people that are posting all their problems on Facebook. Just saying. It seems that way, and if I'm wrong, please correct me. But I just, you know, being timid and sitting back and watching this, you know, doo-doo circus that I don't even remember getting an invitation to, you know? I want to be a positive force. I'm sick of being set back by my own damn negative emotions and, you know, being self-doubting and, you know, and critical all the time of everything. I'm tired of it. It just, it makes my heart hurt. I don't like it. And I feel like I need to say something about it. Because from time to time, I feel like I bury myself in unnecessary emotions. And the only way that I get out of it is to, yeah, think positive, read some self-help books, or learn how to cook a different meal, or, you know, maybe ride around in the car with the windows down and sing some favorite songs. Nobody needs to be a part of my doo-doo circus. Yeah, whatever. Doo-doo. All that works for some folks, but not for me. Because I get out of the car, go right back into my house, and I think about what I was thinking about. <laughs> you know? So I am joyful that I dive into the Word of God because there is some climactic things that really help me adjust my emotions and my temperature gauges, you know? And I really feel like the fear of the Lord, as me and Adam also talked about, is quite an engaging topic. Because, like I said, it's not that you're scared of him, it's that you're in awe of him. I'm reading a really good book right now. Um, it's called The Awe of God, and the author is John Brevere. And I want to close with a quote from his book. The glory of the Lord is everything that makes God, God. All his characteristics, authority, power, wisdom are literally the immeasurable weight and the magnitude of God. Nothing is hidden or held back. This is the one who put the stars in their place with his fingers and gave every one of them a name. He is the one who measured the entire universe with his fingers in the span of his hand. The one who can pick up the whole earth as if it were a grain of sand. He weighed every drop of water in the palm of his hand. He weighed the earth and the mountains in his scales. This is the one we can behold in our hearts and subsequently change into his image from glory to glory. This is the one who deeply loves us, so much so that he chose to pay the terrible judgment for our sins so that we could be a part of his family. I don't know about you, but this really excites me. 
It really does excite every single part of me. It makes me who I am and it makes me who I want to be. Every single step of the way from this point forward, I aim to be more like him. It makes me feel so awesome inside to know that this is reaching people and that the aroma of this thing is falling into the ears and the message is falling into the hearts of even just one person. And I pray deeply and every day for each and every single person that hears this podcast that you can know God and understand Him and seek Him and know that you are loved by Him so, so much because we are all in this thing together and we're all in the same boat and none of us is better than the other. And it's just a beautiful thing to turn around and be able to smile at God because we know He is perfect and He smiles right back. So I love you. God loves you. And until next time, peace be with you.